All right, welcome. It is Monday, May 3rd. You're here with us for another episode of The Ohioan. And I got Craig with me. Craig, how are you? Doing well, Chris. How are you? I'm okay for a Monday. I, I was <laughs> telling you uh, last night uh, we recorded our Steelers podcast um, to just break down the draft and have a family obligation today. So I told the guys, hey, let's record at 930. And Craig... We haven't talked that much at 9, 30, 10 at night. <laughs> I usually start going downhill. I'm actually more of a morning person. Um, so we were podcasting for an hour about that. And then we had a funny show where we talk a little pop culture. And by the time we were done, it was close to midnight. And I'm like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, hey, I'm, I'm happy. We're here. We're ready to go. Um, lots of stuff happening over the weekend. And, you know, it's – I don't know. I I broke down the draft for an hour last night, so I don't want to sit here and go pick by pick because that would – my head's already swimming from trying to go for the Steelers draft. But the draft was over the weekend, and Craig, you kind of surprised me. Um, I said, how much of it did you watch? Craig, and Craig was there for the duration. You said, what, 90% of it? Yeah. I think uh, everything ex- every everything except for all of the seventh round. So I, I watched pretty much the entire draft, with the exception of you know, probably a handful of picks. Were you trying to do other things at the same time? Were you? Yeah, I mean, I was doing other stuff and just kind of casually, you know, watching. And so it wasn't like I was like that's the only thing I was doing. <laughs> you were you were intensely watching all the time. Yeah, that's kind of how I was. I, I got to admit, man, like I said, night's not good night for me. I, I mean, you know, I'm trying to get to sleep and everything else. And, yeah, I was very interested in the draft for the Steelers. And the Steelers picked 24th. And I'll tell you, Craig, I barely stayed up. I'm like, well, I'm like why are you watch this all night? I'm like, well, I want at least hit the Steelers pick. Right. And she was like, yeah, they made their pick and you were asleep because – uh, the next pick, I had to read about the next day in the in the um, online. So it was okay. tough. And same thing on Friday. I wanted to at least make it for the Steelers' 55th pick, which is their second-round pick. I barely got there before I fell asleep. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I said, you know, we have stuff to talk about, so I don't want to go pick by pick. Um, I will say, and we talked about this a little bit last night on the Steelers podcast where we kind of break this stuff down more. We had ideas of how to make the draft better. And, you know, hey, I think ideas for making it better would definitely fit on what we're doing here on this show. So let me uh, pitch a couple of these ideas to you, Craig. There's too many, too long of a time between picks. I'm a football junkie. I like it when you, we sit and talk football. But 10 minutes, Craig. I mean, the first guy picked uh, was Jacksonville. They picked Trevor Lawrence. We we knew if you follow football at all, you know Trevor Lawrence is the first pick. Why take ten minutes? And you know, some people said, "Well, ESPN, you know, the team gets to be in the spotlight because we talked about the ESPN for ten minutes." I think ESPN was having trouble finding out what to say about Trevor at the end of the time. Craig, let's have thirty seconds between picks. I said. <laughs> well, I, I think there's an argument to be made for speeding up portions of the first round. I mean, I will admit that sometimes I think the second and third round went fairly quickly, but I I feel like sometimes when you're looking at that top five or at least the first pick, everybody knew Jacksonville was picking Trevor Lawrence, and yet 
they still take some time and and i get it you know sometimes like you said they want to have their their time in the sun and and have a chance to talk about it and i think a lot of the delays from the draft especially now that they're doing you know the fan interaction is is sort of in regard it's sort of the reason why we're seeing some delays because you know we have so many people that are there they want to have different things set up before they announce a pick sometimes the the draft pick is in for several minutes and maybe they're putting the name on the back of the jersey or something which makes a little bit of sense but it just to me it it kind of slows it down a little bit we already know most of these people that are going to be picked now yeah we did have trades but those things can happen pretty quick and I, I, you know, I know they used to have 15 minutes for the first round, you know, per team, which was way too long. Um, but maybe like seven or eight minutes, you know, where there's still time for people to get on the phone and make a trade. But then it also speeds up the process a couple of minutes. Well, here's another idea because realistically, you know, I'm sure part of the reason, again, part of the reason for 10 minutes is, you know, ESPN wants filler. I mean, you know. Yeah. This is a slower season for ESPN. So if you can make the draft three days, wow, you've got content blocks filled up and everything. So yeah, if you have 30 seconds between picks, we might get through round five on Thursday night. And ESPN will be like, whoa, what are we going to do with Friday and Saturday? Right. Here's another idea that I think will make it better. <clears throat> and because before we get there, like fan interaction, the couch or the easy chair that they had on stage – you know, the first pick, I'm like, oh, man, honey, you know, saw my wife. This is kind of a clever idea. You know, they're bringing a fan up to interact. By pick three, I'm like, who cares? <laughs> I'm like, stop this. Uh, it, it was very short-lived. Right. And then uh, what else did they have? They had the Kings of Leon, which, again, I'm not a huge Kings of Leon fan, so I feel weird ripping them. But, you know – we did what a half hour set with Kings of Leon where ESPN pretty much had to go to live because it's like eight o'clock and we're expected to get on with the draft. And we had what 10 minutes of Kings of Leon before we started the draft. Right. I mean, we want band to play fine, but make them start earlier. <laughs> Say, Hey, you can play two hours. We don't care. Eight o'clock. Stop. <laughs> it's time for our, our little draft thing. But I don't know. I thought that was tough. Um, you know, what we do as journalists, we like to focus on some of the fun pop culture type stories. I thought uh, Dan Kadar from uh, Acabrika Journal did a good job with that. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, Craig, the second night they had a goofy Browns fan who was sitting up for the draft picks that looked like yeah. Randy Macho Man Savage. I, I guess that was fun. But here, end all of that. I guess you could still do that if you really want to. But here's why I say Jacksonville gets on the clock. You cut the feet. You know, Mike Greenberg's a nice guy. I only hear Mike Greenberg break down the draft or Mel Kuyper or Tom McShay or any of those guys. Cut the feed. I want the feed to go right to the Jacksonville draft room. I want to hear what they're saying, what they're talking about. If there's any calls, take them live on the air. Oh, <laughs> great. That would be amazing. I mean, you talk about, you know, like you were saying, oh, I watched the draft, but I had some other stuff going on. Man, if they had that for each pick, oh, you would be like, hey, <laughs> nobody else talk. I want to hear what's going on. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be like a secondary where you could watch other things or do other things. Man. 
if you heard everything they were saying, if you heard the draft calls, maybe they're getting angry at each other, like, oh, you're not for me enough and everything. Oh, man, Twitter would just be a blaze of great information. Oh, it would be fantastic. What could possibly go wrong? Well, uh, you know, aside from the the idea that you're giving away trade secrets of, you know, value people, they how they value certain people, how they value certain draft picks, um, it certainly would probably set a precedence, I think, for how teams deal with that team uh, moving forward. So probably not the best idea. I will say this, though. Um, there have been some other, you know, sports leagues that have posted stuff on YouTube, like behind the scenes on on draft day, which is kind of cool. I would love, to, I would love to see that. I mean, I don't think anybody wouldn't want to see that, but I just think NFL teams keep everything so close to themselves that I just don't think they would ever, ever want to let anybody in that's not their own people. That you know, maybe they could release something in snippets. You know, not live though. Well, my pushback to what you're saying is this draft preparations for draft go months, and yeah, you might get surprised <laughs> at the end. Maybe there's a pick that surprised you before and you're like oh man should we change our mood but i i really think th- these guys know who they're picking uh steelers picked alabama running back Najee harris i heard nothing but Najee harris talk and once he was available it literally took the steelers like a minute to say okay we made our pick we're not gonna wait 10 minutes we're here um right. well it's like you and me we talk offline i mean not all of our conversations is on the podcast there's things that, and we've said this in our private conversations, hey, this is probably as good that we don't talk about right during the podcast. Maybe it's a work thing, maybe a behind-the-scenes thing about here in the podcast. So, in essence, the trade secret. So, we know. We say, hey, we're not going to have this private conversation during the podcast. Same thing for those guys. Hey, if you want to make fun of people beforehand or whatever you want to do, do it before the lights come on, you know? Be professional. Right. I it just like I said I'm I'm an NFL guy. They can make it fifty times more boring, and I'm still in. I didn't watch as much as you did, but I watched a fair share, and I was kind of scanning my tr- Twitter feeds when I wasn't watching it. So hey, you're not scaring me away from the draft, but eh, a little boring at parts, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes I enjoy the fan interaction, but then also I'm always kind of like, this is the reason why this draft can last twelve hours, you know, in a day. I mean, it's it's harmless fun, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, well, let's just get the picks done and go and move forward. But I can understand why they bring the fans up and like the macho fan from the Browns, obviously, you know, made a lot of waves there with people and. There, it, it can be fun, but I think a little bit too much where it's like, I just want the picks to be read and let's move on so we're not spending seven or eight hours, you know, on Saturday watching it. Yeah. And then the only guy I wanted to highlight, I'm biased, I'm a Sewers fan. Did you hear about the punter the Sewers picked in the seventh round? Presley Harvin Um He kind of uh, – Sewers draft was – Eh, up and down. They made some good picks. They made some picks. They, I kind of just scratched my head at it a little bit. But they got to the seventh round. They're not happy with their punter. They picked the Ray Guy award winner. And you're like, man, you you, to- you just told me you're not breaking down picks. Craig, have you heard about this guy? Because I'm going to tell you why this guy's the coolest guy ever. I mean, I don't really know much about him other than that he's a punter. So, um... Well, uh, some cool things about him. I guess he plays – 
like the cello and other instruments. He's a person of color, which, you know, you don't want to just focus on that for that alone. But you look at punters. I mean, uh, Reggie Roby was a, a famous person of color. He was a punter for Miami for a long time. Uh, who is the guy? I think it was like Marquise King. From yeah, Oakland, from the Raiders. Yeah, but other than that, it's a bunch of white guys as punters. So this guy's a person of color, which is great. But the other thing that makes me, oh, I can't wait. Guys, 265 pounds. <laughs> Big guys of the world unite, Greg. We, you got to join up. Become a Steelers fan. I've never seen a guy that big be a punter. Right. He's incredible. He might be your punter for the Steelers next year. Well, it, it's kind of like having an extra linebacker at punter, you know. I mean, right. um, now that you mentioned his size, I do remember the guy from Georgia Tech now. So I, I remember seeing him kick and thinking, wow, that's, you know, that's a big punter. So I don't know. Maybe he can provide a little extra wallop on the special teams, I guess, other than just punting the ball, you know, far. Yeah, and he, he won the Red Guy Award, too. So it wasn't just like, oh, look at that great big punter. You know I mean? Right. Hey. And also, too, and, and there was a bunch of weird jokes on Steelers Twitter every weekend about, oh, we found a new franchise quarterback. He actually, in the game against Miami, threw a pass. It was a pretty good spiral. He threw a touchdown, a fake punt. So, <laughs> I don't know. You know, big guy. He could probably play linebacker, quarterback. You know, who knows? Should be good. But, no, that was fun. And I don't know. Enough NFL talk after last night and today. I'm, I'm about worn out. I need to take a break until next year. <laughs> um, but, you know, Craig, I'm trying these transitions to our ads now. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm, you know, I want to take a break, want to relax. But when I take a break and relax, I don't want to mess around with stuff. You know, um, sometimes like when you're not working or you're not podcasting or everything, you, you've got a honey-do list. Your wife says, hey, you know, check the bank account, pay the bills, do whatever else you need to do. Well, you want that to be easy. Yeah, you want to do work around the house, but you want to make it as easy and simple as possible. Well, when it comes to banking, I found that I did Chase Bank. I uh, started that account uh, a few years ago, a little dis. dis Frustrated, I guess, is the best word with my current bank. Hey, it's worked out great. Um, no issues. Uh, I'm not walloped with fees. And in this pandemic era, I don't have to go to the bank that much. I think I had to go to the bank maybe once in the past year. And you go through drive through So you don't have to walk in and be annoying or whatever else the case might be. Chase Bank's great. They got a lot of people there to help you out. Uh, you know me, I have some dumb questions about finances. I go in and I talk to them. Guys there, they know your name. They come out and say, Chris, come back. Let's talk. Chase Bank, great bank. And you wonder why we're talking about this. They're an affiliate marketing uh, sponsor of the show, which means if you go to our website or um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or however you get the show, there'll be a link to Chase Bank. Click the link to Chase Bank. Sign up for a new account. And then, um, you know, attach a direct deposit to it. Hey, we all we all work. We all get direct deposit. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to put money in the bank? You get paid two hundred bucks, and we you know, we get paid too. That's why we do this. Uh, so, Craig, if you know someone's out there listening, going, I can't believe I listen to this draft analysis. Well, these guys are nuts. What are they talking about? Hey, we, we'll pay you for listening to the podcast. Sign for account with Chase Bank. That'll be great. Chase Bank. It's my bank. It should be yours. Wow. 
I'm in it, Craig. It's, <laughs> it's going to get a little smoother, but no, it'll be good. Um, hey, the second story, Craig, this was interesting. Um, to kind of go into a little bit, um, you know, I'm fully vaccinated now, so we're kind of doing a little bit more family stuff without going too crazy. Uh, we had our Christmas kind of get together where we exchanged gifts. Um, you might be like, dude, it's May. What's going on? Well, with COVID, we weren't able to do that. So we did that yesterday. We kept pretty much safe. We were outside most of the time. It was a real nice day outside. Um, so my brother and sister-in-law from the Worcester area, and Craig, I don't know if you heard about this, but there's a story that kind of had our editors being buzzing, and we were all excited. Um, in Worcester, they're having trouble staffing their restaurants. And most notably, and there may be more restaurants by now, um, the Wendy's in Worcester have so few workers, they're closing a day a week. And you think of Wendy's, man, they're like the post service. Rain, sleet, snows. Now, their customer service has been horrible, at least here in Columbus. But, hey, they're open. They're, you know, it's something you can count on in this uncertain world that the Wendy's yeah. will be open. But for the time being, it's not in Worcester on Tuesdays. I haven't checked. I'm not sure how many Wendy's are in Worcester. I think there's more than one, maybe. But there's not a, a ton. Um, and then I know... From my work, a couple of our editors were looking at it too. Like, wow, could this happen to our city too? I think in Akron, there's some restaurants that are going through the same issue. And sadly, some restaurants are even closing right now. Um, Craig, we're, we're big fans of the food. If we see a food story, it's more likely to be talked on the podcast than not. I don't know. I talked to my brother, brother and sister-in-law about this yesterday, and they were kind of like, we don't eat at Wendy's. It's fine. I, I'm like, well, I guess you can go Tuesdays if I eat at Wendy's. It's just shocking to you. It's kind of surprised me. Maybe it shouldn't, but it does. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm a little surprised. I will say this. You know, we've actually talked about a, a story maybe up here in the Fremont area where I work about um, a Circle K that's having trouble keeping staffing levels up, and they close earlier than normal. Um, I think I even, when we were driving around around town yesterday in Sandusky, I think I even saw like a uh, attendance bonus um, at one store. I don't remember. I think it might have actually been a Wendy's, but they had it on their sign where you can actually get like an attendance bonus for just showing up. So I think it's it's getting to the point now where maybe some of these companies are struggling to keep that staffing, whether it's because people are afraid to get COVID or maybe because the, the unemployment benefits are too good to pass up, you know, some people are struggling to, to staff and it's, it seems like it's not just this Wendy's Worcester. It seems like it's, uh, I don't know what it's like in bigger cities, but certainly uh, we've seen that here in Sadusky where people are, are, are looking for people to work. Well, and let me correct myself because I'm reading this story a little bit incorrectly. Uh, I guess the Wendy's in, um, Worcester is still open. Um, there's a little bit of a misleading line that I read. Um, I, I guess Wendy's is still open, but they're having a very difficulty trying to find workers. But I guess technically in Worcester, there's three smaller places. There's a place called Muddy's, which is kind of a strange name. Your pizza shop and Donato's right now have the one-day week closers. But Wendy's is struggling as well. So, I mean, 
that's so big because it's not just one restaurant, Wendy's. It's actually three other restaurants. And I know, you know, Worcester's a smaller area. It's not a huge town, and there's not a bunch of places around it. I mean, geez, Craig, we have so many restaurants in Columbus. If one restaurant closed, you know, people will still eat. They'll still be able to go out. But, man, at Worcester, when there's not as many restaurants, having three restaurants like that is, I don't know, kind of tough. I don't know about Muddy's. I mean, I hate to rip restaurants. Yeah, that's kind of a strange name for a restaurant. Would you eat at Muddy's? <laughs> Um, I don't know. Maybe I'd give it a try. I'd look at their menu first and, uh, you know, see what they offer. But, yeah, it's, it, maybe it's kind of a fun name, you know. It's a cool name. Maybe the guy's nickname is Muddies or something. And Yeah, it's know. not like you're eating mud. I mean, you know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious now. You know, let's keep talking. But I'm looking up Muddies. I'm, I'm wondering what Muddies serves. The only, the only problem is with short staffing, maybe they have to serve mud pies or something instead because they don't have the staff to cook anymore. Who knows? Yeah, I I, I don't know. It's great. It looks like a, looks like a yeah. nice place. Oh, I, I like the description. A, a local neighborhood hangout in a place to get your grub on. Okay. Yeah, so it looks like a little neighborhood hangout, bar, yeah. restaurant. I'm sure some hamburgs and other stuff like that. Man. But... I, yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, they always talk about in America, you know, you can even lose your job, but, you know, you've got the chance of continuing to work. Places are looking and everything. Um, my wife and I went through a Wendy's just to get some food for a kid over the weekend. And they were like, man, we need workers. They're actually offering a hundred bucks if you mm. signed on and started working. So, yeah. man. That's what you got to do, Craig. I mean, you got to come to a place like Columbus where there's about 500 Wendy's. Um, keep signing on, get your 100 bucks, and quit. <laughs> and man, <laughs> what a way of earning tons of money. I, I'm sure that only lasts one time. I'm sure they'll find out about you if you keep on Probably. going to Wendy's. But no, but kind of interesting. I don't know. Um, so I know it's a tough time. I, and even us here at Gannett, I mean, you know, we haven't had quite as many of the layoffs. I know there's like a voluntary retirement program that they instilled. Uh, but, you know, even for us, I mean, we had, I think it was like four or five furlough weeks for a lot of em employees at Gannett. So, yeah, it's, it's tough all around. Kind of interesting, though, to say, hey, if you had to work, hey, there, there are places that are still hiring. Um, and I know some people, I mean, for me, I wouldn't be crazy about going to work for a Wendy's, but at least there's places out there. It's not like, oh, man, I can't find anything. There's nothing out there. Um, so kind of interesting, something to keep in your back of your mind. I know um, here in Ohio, what's it, like, Lieutenant Governor John Houston always talks about the Ohio Means Jobs website. Right. Emphasizing that these jobs, there's half of them that pay over 50000 bucks. So. Hey, if you're looking, look at that website. Should be interesting. Lots of stuff out there. So, hey, if you're without work, don't worry about it. There's still options available. So, and again, just to re-clarify, the Wendy's is still open in Worcester. Man, Craig, I bet you a bunch of people listening to this are like, oh, my gosh. You know, we, we almost created a panic. But, Craig, don't worry. You can still go to Wendy's in Worcester on Tuesdays, at least for now. But, hey, it might yeah. change. Yeah. You got to work there. So, uh, <clears throat> man, the panic we caused. It's tough. <laughs> I don't know. Any other thoughts about the restaurant situation? In no, the... I don't think so. Okay. Well, we don't have any more thoughts about that, but I've got thoughts 
you know, you think about what to buy people. And, you know, Mother's Day is coming up. And, you know, we're not talking about Mother's Day now because, you know, there's a bunch of stuff you can buy your mom. I mean, there's websites dedicated for your mom. But on those days where there's days coming up for a guy in your life, and you might say, well, I'm not dating a guy. Well, hey, what about your dad? What about your brother? What about your boss, if your boss is a guy, or whatever else the case might be. I mean, there's plenty of times where you just want to buy a gift. What about your fellow podcaster, Craig? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's guys in your life. I mean, you don't have to be romantically involved with There's lots of guys in your life. What you can... So you might say, what can I buy? Well, you know, I got to make Craig. There's gifts that guys buy each other. You got to be careful. It's kind of weird. You know, if you, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to buy you flowers that, you know, you, it might give the wrong idea and everything. <laughs> but if you're looking for a unique gift for the guy in your life, the Manly Man Company, go to the website again. Go to our website, um, click the link on what, wherever you're listening to this podcast on, and take a look. They've got unique gifts for the guy in your life. Manly gifts like, Bacon bouquet. So you could buy a bouquet, but don't buy the roses. You might give off the wrong idea. Buy a bouquet of bacon and a bunch of other unique, fun gifts for the guy in your life. And, hey, we have women listen to the podcast. That's great. We love that. So there's guys in your life, your spouse, your boyfriend, well, whoever that might be. Go for it. Check out Manly Man Company, unique companies that, you know, you can buy fun gifts. And we need unique in our life. You know, we got some of the same stuff. We got to go to different restaurants like Muddy's in Worcester. Yeah. So you can check it out and support something different. Oh, it'll be great. Um, my family, I, I don't know, my 14-year-old does not want to eat anything else. He's got about three or four foods he eats, and that's it. So my wife and I, we've been talking about trying to find unique places for him to go eat. Um, Craig, I don't know if there's any around your neck of the woods. I actually tried a new place yesterday. We were in the car driving from Columbus to the Akron area. Have you ever tried Taco John's? No, I have not. Is there any around your? Uh, no, not that I can. Not, not that I know of. Yeah, I, I guess it's a new place. Um, there's a Loves uh, right off the road in Mansfield, so we kind of went off there real quick. Uh, checked out. It was kind of interesting. I'm not a potato guy. Uh, I guess all their sides are potatoes, so I didn't do any of the sides. But you know, the tacos are good. I, I got to be honest, the Taco Bell meat just, ugh, it's rough. <laughs> but, you know, Taco John's, I wouldn't call it gourmet exquisite, but it's its better, and I enjoyed it. It had, it had some chicken tacos. Not a horrible price. I think I got three of them for five bucks. Okay. Which not much more expensive than you would get at Taco Bell. Um, but it's pretty good. The only problem is the closest one I have to my house is the one in Mansfield, which is about a little over an hour away. So it's nice if you're driving through the area, but I wouldn't say, hey, let's go meet at Taco John's tonight and make it tough. So very good. <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to talk about Taco John's for a long time. So should be interesting. Um, Craig, have you watched, and it's not, this show is not on the air anymore, but it used to be a really popular thing, the 19 Kids and Counting with the Duggars. I, 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 I'm aware of it. I watched a few episodes here and there. I never really got into it, but it's something that I have seen before. Yeah, I guess it kept changing their name because 
it wasn't like what 12 kids and counting and each time they had another kid you know it's now 13 kids 14 kids and right. you got to 19 kids and counting well um kind of strange news i guess uh, depending on what you think about josh duggar uh josh duggar's their oldest kid and i'm the oldest kid craig are you the oldest kid in your family no i'm not okay well, sometimes the oldest kids get a hard rap. You know, hey, the oldest kid's the tough guy, the the troubled man, or whatever. Well, in the Duggar family, you know, uh, like or not, you could say about Josh Duggar. Um, the Duggar, I'm assuming we all know who the Duggars are, but the Duggars is, they're a Christian family. I'm not doubting their faith, but they're very, uh, what do you call it, devout? Well, I hate saying that because now you're saying if you don't act like the Duggars, you're not devout. They're very conservative, I guess, in, in, in the way they approach things. Uh, they're very modest in their clothing. Um, I know a lot of the women in the family wear dresses all the time. Um, okay. you know, there's certain churches that you know promote that and everything, so they wear dresses all the time. Um, the <laughs> my, my wife and I kind of chuckle at this. Um, they... They don't take their shirts off when they go in the pool or go, you know, in the lake or whatever. Okay. And the younger family, the boys don't, they just swim in their clothes. Whatever they're wearing, they just go in and swim. And it, it just was weird. Uh, strange family, the dad is named Jim Bob, which, I don't know, anytime your name's Jim Bob, it makes me chuckle a little bit. Uh, they live in Arkansas, they live in the South. And, you know, their idea is, hey, children are a blessing from God, so let's have children. And, you know, 19 kids, Craig. Uh, That's I mean, a lot of kids. Yeah. yeah. They can almost start a football team, offense and defense, almost. They're very close. Right. I, I've i got two right now, and I'm like, man, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, 19, <laughs> my goodness. It would be crazy. But, um, you know uh, – I guess everyone likes to live their life different ways. And, you know, it got to be a popular show. It's one of those TLC shows. Um, it's very Kardashian light. Uh, obviously, not, they don't live their life like the Kardashians. But it's that same type of principle. Well, hey, you got 19 kids. Not all the kids are going to be living life right. You know, you, you hope and pray. You know, most of your kids do. But you understand that things happen. Uh, sadly, Josh Duggar, I, I don't know if you heard about his background, Craig. Trouble background. Uh, there were some charges that he was kind of molesting some of his sisters, uh, you know, as kids. Um, just sad, icky, you know, stuff we probably shouldn't make fun of or whatever. Um, and then um, Ashley Madison. Remember when that was a big story? Mm, yeah. And, you know, Ashley Madison's a website where you could sign up if you want to cheat on your spouse, which we thankfully we haven't done that. Um well, Josh Duggar got found out. He was on Ashley Madison, okay. and he got found out. And obviously, not something that's good if if you call yourself a Christian. And also at that time too, Josh Duggar was had there was like a conservative think tank in D.C. that was kind of speaking out about some right wing issues, and he was head of that, which isn't good if you have a conservative think tank and you're on Ashley Madison. So he had to leave that job. Oh, lots of stuff going on with Josh Duggar. Well, now he's a realtor. He's still married. But over the weekend, he got charged with child pornography. Um, they're not quite sure exactly what's happening. But obviously, when you face a child pornography charge, that's very serious, very awful, not good news at all. 
Um, I, I got to tell you, my family, my wife likes the TLC reality shows. She's into like 90 Day Fiance now. And um, the Duggars still have a show on. I don't know if you heard about Counting On. I did not know that, no. Yeah, the parents took a step back from the show after the Josh Duggar thing came out. They're still on the show a little bit. But Counting On focuses on the kids because the kids are now adults and the kids are having babies. The oldest kid has seven kids now. Wow, okay. Can you imagine that family reunion? I, we had about <laughs> 20 at our reunion yesterday. I'm like, wow, this is a lot. Man, 50, they probably have hundreds at their reunion. Need a, need a big Thanksgiving table on that one, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. So, it, it's kind of tough to hear this news about the Duggars. I, I guess the thing that frustrates me, and I, I enjoyed – when the Duggars were popular, they kind of came on tour, <laughs> which sounds funny saying that. Uh, but I went on, to see them on tour with some friends, and you wonder, what did the Duggars do on tour? Well, they play music, they sang a couple songs, and people were excited because you see the TLC reality stars on stage. And I, the Duggars always bothered me a little bit. And here's what I think, too you know, you're a church guy, Craig. Sometimes people who go to church embrace these Christian celebrities. They're like, whoa, this quarterback says he's a Christian. Right. And it was fall in love with these guys. Well, you can make a public stand for God, which is great, but we're all human. You know, so we put these people on pedestals like the Duggars or some quarterback that says he's saved or whatever else the case might be. And people mess up and they fall up. And I'll tell you, Craig, the Duggars, Josh Duggar being arrested for child porn, it was the second highest viewed story in Ohio the other day. Okay. I mean, aside yeah. from all the great journalism we were doing, which kind of tells me that I think people love to see Christians fall. And I think we get so obsessed with Christian culture that we put all our faith in these guys and we don't really kind of look at God I mean, we say we look at God, but we're more interested in saying, oh, what did the Duggars do tonight? Oh, and all this other stuff. Well, and I think it makes Christianity look weird when people like the Duggars, and not the whole Duggar family, but Josh Duggar messes up and everything. Right. It's it just kind of a weird scenario. And, you know, we talk about how Donald Trump, we feel that Donald Trump has used Christianity for his own benefit. I, I think we just we got our priorities out whack a little bit. I mean, hey, it's good to like things, it's good to like people, but you know, I think we fall in love with these people, and it makes Christianity look weird when these guys screw up and everything. So, I don't know. I guess that's my only thought on the Duggar family. So, man, but Craig, there's there's what hundreds of old Duggar episodes, man. Yeah. You, your homework. We're, I'm I'm waiting for Craig's review show, I and mean, let's give that a quick plug. <laughs> right after the Duggar family. <laughs> what, what better time? Yeah. <laughs> we are presenting the same content on our our podcast network. I mean, we're not changing a thing. I Just the way we're presenting it is a little bit different. Um, we're actually doing these shows. And you're going to hear, I'm going to upload after we're done, I'm uploading the show. It's really great. Um, you'll hear that live on Fridays. Man, we had an hour and a half of Craig content being released on Friday, which is great. Um, lots of pop culture stuff. Uh, Saturdays, um, Paul and Joe, uh, we talked to them 
Uh, we usually try to do a fun little goofy segment, and then Paul does some book reviews. And Sunday, we were going to do a best stuff. It's kind of hard to edit together, so we're just going to let uh, Paul share some religious content on, on Sunday. So it'd be really good. So, uh, Paul, if you ever want to review the Duggar series, you've got hundreds of episodes to catch up. And so maybe I wouldn't count on it. Maybe we'll see. Craig review one of their shows on an upcoming review show. Who knows? Maybe. Don't hold your breath. I'll yeah. put like But you know, speaking of holding your breath, hey, here we go. Never transition, Craig. <laughs> um, you, you know, hey, we need new furniture from time to time. You know, it's kind of tough. Um, and my wife says we have too much furniture, so we may not be buying furniture soon, but hey, everyone needs new furniture from time to time. You're looking. And what better place to look than Ashley Holmes' story? Um, my wife and I have actually bought furniture from there from there in the past, friendly people. And you might say, well, it's the pandemic. I, I don't want to put a couch in my back of my truck. Shop online. They can have it shipped to you. Hey, there's a little bit more of a cost. But, hey, you get that delivered right to you. Saves you time. Saves you effort. Makes it easy. Uh, check out Ashley Furniture and... Look online. Um, if you go to our podcast page, again, just go to our podcast page, either on viewfromthepew.club or one of our podcast providers. The links are there. Just click a link. Um, there's sales there. There's benefits for clicking for our link. It helps us out, too. So check out Ashley Home Store. I know there's a place in Columbus, and they got other locations around Ohio, and they do deliver. Now, Craig, when you're buying this couch for our link today, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm forcing you through, Craig. You may, they may not deliver from Columbus to Sandusky, but I'm sure it's... Oh, they, they, they actually have a store in Sandusky, so there you go. Good night. So all of our, all of our listeners who are from Sandusky, check it out. Ashley Home Store, fun place to go, fun place to look to. And again, do your stuff online, great furniture store. Want to close out with this, Craig. Um... In Columbus, I'm the guy that handles the websites uh, for Gannett, Ohio, on Saturday. Um, my partner, the guy I work with, was off half the day. So it was the Chris show. So, man, Craig, if you were on Gannett, Ohio, websites from 10 to 2, don't tell me if there's a mistake because it was all me. <laughs> uh, I was handling 21 papers. And there was a lot of events going on. One event got canceled, and I got to say privately – I was kind of happy, not just from a work perspective, but I was a little bit frustrated with what was going on. Um, on Saturday, there was supposed to be a rally in Columbus, a Back to Blue rally with Marjorie Taylor Greene, our, our favorite um, congressman from the Georgia area. Uh, she was coming up. Uh, this is just in response to uh, the, the horrible shooting of a, a black 16-year-old here in the Columbus area. And Craig, we've talked about this in the past, so let's let's re-say what we're saying. Um, when you say back to blue, they're pretty much saying, "Hey, the police officer did the right thing. Go police, go police, go police." A six-year-old lost her life. Okay, it sounds like, and we're still waiting for information. We're waiting for the inquiry to be done. It sounds like the officer probably followed policy. I'm not sure if it's the right policy. Uh, there was a good article in the Columbus Dispatch on Sunday talking about how maybe this girl that died shouldn't have been in the foster care system at all. So there's a lot of things that need cleaned up here. 
it's not a time for celebrating or rallying for police. Again, I'm not saying we all need to rally against the police and disband them and everything. I think they followed Paul, you know, I think they followed the correct policy. The policy needs amended. But Marjorie Taylor <laughs> coming here to Columbus to say, yay, police, they should have, you know, they should have shouted. That's the right thing to do. That's definitely not the right response or the right tone we need here in Columbus. Um, there's a lot of her people out, out there. Um, throughout the week here in Columbus, we've had rallies of just people that are, are sad. And they're saying, hey, this the right thing wasn't done for this girl. It's tough. So I'm kind of glad that we didn't have this rally. Um, it's just not the right message to send. I, mean, I guess that's what I got to say about it. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for me is, aside from they shouldn't have had this in, in general, and I'm glad they didn't, It what I don't understand is why is Marjorie Taylor Greene coming to Ohio? Um, this isn't her stomping grounds. She does not need to be stumping for any kind of gun rights and or back the blue you know, in the state of Ohio. If she wants to have something like this in, in Georgia, more power to her, but... I don't think she needs to be a part of any Ohio rallies at all. Well, she, she's trying to set a tone and narrative. And, you know, the other guy was supposed to be there is a Senate candidate, uh, Josh Mandel, who is got to check her pass. I mean, I think right. the Mandel campaign is, hey, look, I'm like Trump. You know, hey, this is how I right. like Trump and everything. And, hey, if you're into Donald Trump, vote for him. It's fine. I'm not making a value judgment either way on Josh Mandel. I'm wondering if the invitation to Green was more about, you know, Josh Mandel saying, hey, this is a known national person. I've got her to come. Right. I'm sure Marjorie probably said a couple of nice things about Josh Mandel and left. But but you're right. I mean, you know, hey, you know, I've critiqued Jim Jordan on this show saying, hey, you know, uh, show us more about your coverage area you know, the area that you cover. Well, if I'm critiquing Jim Jordan, let's critique Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, hey, she's there for Georgia. And, you know, maybe she makes the argument, <clears throat> hey, you know, we're backing the police here in Columbus, Ohio, because we want to back the police in Georgia too. You know, I'm saying the same stuff. Well, right. more for your people, because those people elected you, not Ohio, Georgia people elected you. And I would be surprised. We're, we're starting to speculate on who might be a 2024 candidate. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm sure maybe in the back of her mind she'd love to run for president if she could. But, you know, I'm thinking so you're looking at guys on the Republican side like Trump or or maybe Jim Jordan. I mean, I you know, we threw that out a couple weeks ago. I've thought about that, and I don't have any reason not to say that. But, again, you guys set the right tone. And that doesn't mean Marjorie Taylor Greene should come to Columbus and march for Black Lives Matter. I understand that's probably not going to happen, but let's don't. We're rubbing salt in the wounds of people, and right? You can make your points and you can make your thing, but use the right tone. I'll be honest: for us being neutral people, I think it would be more effective if you can set the right tone, where yeah, you're not selling out what you are, who you or who you are, what you believe, but you know, doing a big rally the week that they laid this poor girl to rest. I mean, just, it's a little bit to be honest with you. So it it is, you know, it's, it's unnecessary, completely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, 
Ah, uh, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kind of a little creeped out, but no, but, but it's interesting. Um, they said it was postponed. I'm trying to check here to see if there was another date mentioned. Um, yeah, and here's the other thing. Okay, so this group, they had a Thursday Facebook video saying, hey, we're concerned about counter-protesters. And there was some discussion of the Capitol Square Review and Advisory Board, and they handled permits for rallies on the ground. And, you know, oh, and then here's, here's their comment. Oh, we have to let Antifa and Black Lives Matter and these violent protesters into our event. And they have the equal right to stand there and say what they want to say and antagonize our members and supporters. All of the people there to back the blue, you know. Yeah. I, I just, I you know. It just stinks, the high heaven. Right. Yeah. Then, you know, uh, <clears throat> had a lengthy statement. She railed against some people and said, I will not be used by a tool, by the left or right, or the media, or anyone to be blamed for violence caused by radical domestic violence, terrorists, BLM, or Antifa, and the clear setup. Well, why are you even thinking about coming to Columbus? Because if you come to Columbus to support the police, it's political. You're not doing it because you're a genuine nice person. You're there to send narrative, make a point and everything. So now there's a lot of finger pointing and being like, oh, it was a setup and everything else. Well, okay, then don't come. <laughs> don't, right. announce don't announce a rally. And again, I support police. Police do a lot of great job. I, I think there's a place in the middle. We don't have to say back to blue, whatever you say, or you don't have to say screw the blue and you know take away all their money. There's got to be a line in the middle. And honestly, right. the line in the middle is where we need to be. What makes sense? Running around. Because I bet you, well, my dad was a police chaplain. We walked through the Canton Police Department. He told me not all the guys there were there for the right reason. So, again, and that's coming from a police chaplain who was very, very supportive of the police. So it, there's a healthy place to be in the middle of that stuff. And what stinks about our politics these days, especially people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, is there's no room in the middle. I mean, she's way off on one side, and there's people right. on the other side or way off on the other side. we got to come in the middle if we're going to get anything done. If not, it's a bunch of political rhetoric. And, you know, read the rest of the Dispatch article. It's filled with that. It's filled with people yelling and screaming about, why they shouldn't have you know, had the event or something. It's like, and if they're upset that other groups are allowed to come, it's a rally. It's the freedom of America. You can protest. Right. And you can protest <clears throat> and everything else. So, I don't know, Craig. I, I like talking news. I like talking about this stuff, but sometimes this stuff, you know, kind of frustrates me like this thing right here. Yes, absolutely. Very good. Anything we got coming up this week? I mean, you know, we got shows coming up each day. Um, I don't know. It seems like another real busy week of Ohio stuff. Well, Ohio's never uh, dull for news. I can tell you that. Just uh, there's always something, especially when you least expect it. Who knows what'll happen? Yeah, I'm trying to see here, and you know, we could do this a little bit more because we're releasing these shows same day. I'm trying to figure out. By now, usually we get a list of all the fun stuff happening this week. Um, Always curious if there's a DeWinder, Craig. I mean, yeah. Sometimes sarcastically people call them DeWinders. Um, but 
No, I don't see anything major happening so far. So pretty good. Just a lot of um, postscript about the NFL draft. And let us know what you think about the draft and everything else that's going on. And tell us about, I don't know, share us. You know, check out our sponsors and everything else. Um, Craig, anything you want to shout out before we close for the day? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, we will be back here. We take these things in the morning. And we, um, we're we here every day, and uh, we got content coming over the weekend. So uh, thanks, as always, for supporting the Ohioan. Um, uh, we hope to have Brandon back pretty soon, but Craig and I are are keeping the ship afloat. And thanks for sponsoring, uh, sharing this, um, using our sponsors and everything else. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we are talking about upgrading. We haven't talked as much as we should about the local support option. But we're talking about doing some things to help make it a little bit better service for people. Um, check us out for more updates. So thanks for checking out the Ohioan. For Craig, this is Chris. Have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow. All right, back here on the Ohioan with our weekly visit with Rachel Coyle from How Things Work at the Ohio State House. How are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you? Pretty good. I'm, we're recording this on Tuesday Day after a COVID vaccine, I'm happy I had it done, but I hate the day after, and I'm feeling it today. But we're, we're going to do a quick interview, and, and I'll get through it. It'll be good. Yeah, um, we'll be back to normal soon. Worth yeah, it. Yeah, hopefully tomorrow. <laughs> so, <laughs> very good. Um, hey, story broke um, in the Columbus Dispatch, uh, something that you've been talking about for a while. Uh, there was um, – the census has been behind on redistricting. Um, they were supposed to update their maps – Hey, it's COVID. You know, lots of stuffs going on. They were delayed. They were a little bit late with that. Um, and a function of that is, and we've talked to you and Tyler Buchanan a couple months ago about this, was saying, man, this is going to make redistricting a little bit harder. Well, Matt Huffman from Lima is actually saying, hey, we should delay this a little bit because it is a little bit harder. Um, and that's kind of gotten a little bit of controversy. Um, yes, the uh, you know the census is behind, but a lot of people are questioning: Does that really mean this whole process needs to be delayed? Uh, what are you hearing about this? Yes, yeah, so it's very it's very interesting uh, what they're attempting to do uh, with this, which is basically so the census data is is late. Everybody knows the census data is late, um, and Ohio has these new laws that set a deadline for when we're supposed to have our new districts drawn. Um, mm -hmm. So the Senate president is saying that since the data is late, what we should do is shorten the time period for when we do the map drawing process, uh, but not actually move the primary or do anything else, just make the time period shorter, but also make a constitutional amendment saying that anytime census data is delayed in the future, the legislature gets total power over when, what the map drawing process timeline is. So it's a very interesting attempt at a power grab um, that a lot of groups have come out against in the last 24 hours, it, uh, including the, the Equal Districts Coalition, which is a huge group of a whole bunch of different nonpartisan and issue organizations in Ohio, basically saying that shortening the process means fewer Ohioans get to participate in it. And that's just not acceptable. It sounds like they're trying to take care of a small problem that everyone realizes a problem with something that would really totally change the game, not yeah. just for now, but in the future. 
there's a couple different options that they could do instead. Uh, you know, they could move the deadlines for drawing the maps, but also move the next the primary election next year. So the timeline is the same. We still get the same amount of time to have citizen input in the maps. Uh, or they could start the district redrawing process early now uh, using, you know, previous data, kind of get those draft maps going, get all this uh, process going early. And then once we actually have the data, we use those few weeks to to speed up the process, knowing that we've started it months and months in advance. Uh, there really is no reason why we're not already having these, you know, these town halls and some of these hearings this early. And so it's it's very interesting that the only solution, uh, according to some of these folks, is to shorten the timeline and give fewer Ohioans a chance to participate in it. I kind of think that moving to primary is interesting because mm -hmm. now, granted, it was done last year because we were deep, deep, deep in the middle of uh, COVID. But still, you know, they were able to move it. And I've heard that there's been some people talking in the past about saying, hey, maybe it's good to move it even down the road uh, because we have the same primary. It would help to have a presidential primary a little bit later in the process, too. So, I mean, I could see that being an advantage, but I think there's some politics being played here that I'm sure half the <laughs> legislators wouldn't be happy about. Right. And, you know, the the idea that we would make a, a system so two times in the last five years, Ohio voters have gone to the ballot and said that they don't like Ohio's redistricting process because it's too rigged right now. It's too much power for the legislature. It's not enough power for the people. They want to participate in this process. And this idea that we would create a new constitutional amendment saying that the legislature has more power to decide the timeline in all these future elections when census data is delayed seems like it's exactly the opposite of what voters wanted. So it's really, it's going to be interesting to see how the Senate president messages this and if he's able to get that message across without these organizations hitting him <clears throat> back hard uh, for throughout the process. Yeah, if it only be as easy as saying, hey, let's find something that works for everybody. But, you know, we're in a contentious political season, so obviously that's not happening uh, sure. here in 2021. So um, I was kind of thinking about this. Um, the other news that was breaking, um, I know this is more national politics. Do you see Ohio possibly losing a seat in the U.S. House? Is that going to have any um, impact on state politics, you see? It's definitely looking like Ohio is going to lose a seat. Uh, we got the the census data, the apportionment data yes, uh, yesterday, I believe. Um, you know, with COVID, every time is different. But and so it's looking like Ohio's losing a congressional seat. Uh, so that would mean we'd go from 16 down to 15 seats in Congress. Uh, that was expected. It's actually, it's not a surprise to folks. It is disappointing. Uh, what it basically means is that Ohio has actually gained population, but it means we gained population slower than other states. Other states gained more people than we did. So we, by proportion, have fewer residents. Uh, so it'll be, especially with redistricting under these new laws, it'll be very interesting to see whose seat goes away uh, and what the games are around trying to draw certain politicians out of their seats. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a contentious issue over the next coming months. Well, and I kind of wonder too, you know, what the impact might be on the state house. I mean, obviously different 
politics, different political bodies. But, you know, sometimes this do have an impact, even if it depends on who ends up running for a state seat if they lose their U.S. seat. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Yep. And so that'll be, and that was expected. Uh, it's going to be all part of the calculations. You know, what, like you said, what people decide to run for next might be based on whether or not they think they might lose their seat in Congress. Um, yeah. Or if they, you might see a lot of folks moving uh, because they might be drawn out of the district where they live. Uh, so it's all going to be part of the same redistricting process. And it's so, so important for everyone to pay attention to that process so that nobody can rig the system or play these games or, you know, make it so that only benefits one party. And the only way to do that is if all of us are watching. And if Mike DeWine was part of this interview, he'd say, that's why we need 50 million in marketing dollars because we're losing population. But <laughs> not everyone <laughs> agrees with that. So <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Um, so the first uh, topic we were talking about with the redistricting, uh, do you see when this might play out? I mean, obviously, it's definitely a reality, you know, with the article we saw in the paper. But uh, is there a next step with that, do you see? So it would I believe it's a constitutional amendment that the, the Senate president suggested. Um, so that would have to probably go through the legislature first and then they put it on the ballot for folks. So they might, if they're going to start doing that, they might start doing that process relatively soon. Um, and so, and then we have until the end of September to actually draw those lines according to our current law. Um, so it'll be, but we're hearing, we might get the census data a little bit earlier than previously thought. So there's going yeah. to be some folks arguing that we should, just, we should wait and see if there's enough time to draw the lines, even in our under our current laws without making any changes. So that the fights, the debates are gonna start right now. The process of getting to the ballot might also start. Very good. Well, Rachel's always has been great. Um, I'm I'm getting a motion <laughs> beside me saying I need to go. But uh, thanks again for your time. We're always talking Ohio State House with us. And remember, you can look her up on how things work in Ohio State House on Facebook. And again, great place for figuring out what's happened in the State House and why does a lot of these things matter to you. I think that's the thing that a lot of Ohioans are missing. It's great to hear from every week to talk more about it. So thanks, Rachel. We'll see you next week. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. You too. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.